2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wombo Combo Podcast, a Dota 2 competitive podcast, of course, I'm Breaky CPK and joined by BSJ. Here to talk about the competitive Dota, and we definitely have plenty to talk about. Speaking of Dota 2, we got uh, the Major. The Major, of course, beginning over the weekend, going to give our takes and thoughts and really just uh, go over the results there as far as how things are shaping up so far as we enter the playoffs. But uh, before we get into that too much, PSJ, how you doing, man? Is Hold
1: on. is Okay. I'm here. Okay. We saw you moving around. I blame her for that. (laughs) Apparently she uses push to talk. I never use that stuff. Okay. Well, I lost six games in a a row today of pubs, but I am feeling like it's going to be better. It's going to get better. So that was my whole, you know, shoot to the sky, you know, up in the air. Uh I'm excited to, you know, stop losing games eventually. But other than that, I'm good, man. I'm good. So. Awesome. Well that's it.
2: Yeah, it, it'll get better. Uh, You're going to play some more tonight, you know, taking the break right here. And then yeah, on exactly.
1: This this will serve as a nice uh, little breather that I so desperately need <laughs> from the agony. You know, I, I was queuing a bunch of EU games, okay, because okay. I'm in New York right now, so I have the rare privilege of being able to do that. And I didn't realize I was queuing EU and U.S. East for one game. And I found a U.S. East game, and I had a tiny tossing me into the slark and killing me. That was Ooh. my one North American game today. So Tiny Airlines, know, baby. Yeah, that's just uh America for you. I had six games on EU. All of them, even though I lost or even though I only won one of them, were all like good games. And then the one game I played NA, I had a guy tossing me into the opponent. So you know, it just speaks heaps and bounds of uh the NA Dota experience. But uh we can go ahead and proceed to talk about things people probably actually care about here. <laughs> That's fair enough
2: right here. No, you know, definitely plenty of fan base, uh, of course, coming over as you're concluding your stream for now, uh, sending them over. So shout out to the BSG fans, plenty uh, tuning in right now. But uh, yeah, enough about you, damn it. We got we got these top tier teams to talk about here in this major and uh, some interesting results, to say the least. Uh, Definitely a couple of storylines that's worth going over. Of course, it kicked off on Saturday, as we mentioned. Uh, the group stages have now concluded over the two-day period, and tomorrow, as we're recording this podcast, at least is the playoffs. The playoffs kick off. All 16 teams are still alive. It's just now you have the eight teams in the lower bracket going to be cl- play- playing. Excuse me, at best set of one uh, to kick it off, and of course the eight in the, the upper bracket will be uh, going through with the best set of three. But uh, one big storyline right off the bat was uh, on the positive side, at least navi apparently navi is uh, is back i i guess yeah that, that's what everyone says you know when this team taps to do well poggers indeed uh two one over eg and then two nothing over team liquid and especially i, I at least caught, caught a bit of the liquid series i mean they looked good against liquid so navi uh, w- w- what's your take on this team all of a sudden coming up and
1: uh, representing cis I mean, uh, that's that's pretty shocking to me. I, I don't think it's that crazy that they beat Liquid, but the fact that they clean sweep the group, you know, obviously they two one EG, but uh, that's a very impressive group to come out on top of. So overall, they were definitely my biggest surprise coming out of the group stage, and I look forward to seeing if they can translate that. Are they going to be like the J Storm of last major, where they right. maybe get you know sixth and, uh, and burn out, or are they going to be? You know contenders, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing either way because I think EG is one of my favorites for the entire tournament, at least the top three, four ish. So to to beat them like that is pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, not not to not to be bittersweet on this uh, on this result, but again, it is just the group stage, And sure. Now they're in the winner side of things, but all that really does in the end, when you think about it, it makes it point that you're not going to at least be 13th through 16th place. So you know yeah. they still could have ultimately a. I don't know if I call it even a disappointing finish, but a lower tier finish as maybe a lot of people would have expected. But yeah, at least in the group stages to start things off here, Na'Vi certainly have plenty of momentum uh, to to build off of And then it kind of, it it does portray the storyline, I suppose, to get into of not only EG, but especially Team Liquid. And obviously, if you look at Group D, it was Na'Vi, EG, Liquid, and Pain Gaming. Yeah. Myself, and I assume many would agree, Evil Geniuses and Liquid were the two that we would have expected to come out in the winner's side there. But both, again, losing to Na'Vi, ultimately EG then defeating Liquid in a pretty awesome series, two games to one, uh, to advance on other the winners as well. So Liquid going to the lower side. But it, it kind of takes you to the – was this more disappointment on the other side of it from – Liquid and even EG to an extent. I, I, speaking for Liquid personally, I absolutely, I, I think it was. Uh, they did not necessarily play up to we know the level that they can. And uh, I even tweeted out about this, especially in the EG series, that game three, they actually had a lead against EG and they just made a couple of very crucial mistakes, picking a fight when they really shouldn't have. Going in after Mickey, they're carrying that case, got caught on Faceless Void and then trying to make a fight happen. He didn't buy back. It was very awkward and had a 10000 worth lead at the point or something like that and then eventually just threw that all away. Ten minutes later, EG's pushing the throne or the Ancient and winning the game. So uh, it's, it, these mistakes just continue to pop up at the prime times for a team like uh, Team Liquid. But I guess that's the other perspective, though. I mean, I don't know about your thoughts on that point between EG and Liquid. Was it more disappointment from them here in this group?
1: I mean, I'm definitely disappointed with them just because I kind of believed what they told me back in Singapore, that they had kind of taken the holidays off and that they were going to come back strong for the majors. So obviously getting off to a rough start, but I also think that they're quite capable of cleaning it up. So I'm not necessarily as concerned about them as I could be about other teams, but like Virtus Pro, for instance, that's their, that's their opponent in the, in the first round of the lower bracket. Yep. I would be shocked if they lost that game. Like Virtus Pro just straight up went 0-4 in their group stage, got 2-0'd by Reality Rift, who, you know, got third place in the SEA quals or second place maybe. Um, they did get you know. second, but still. Yeah, but it's like, they obviously just a team nobody's really heard of yeah. prior to this event, and you're getting 2-0'd on the side of VP, just going 0-4 in the group stage. Um, you know, I'm expecting Liquid to win that game, and then it's pretty much like they got to the top, Bracket and then lost to Secret, you know something, you know something like that. Same, same, same net results. So I'm hoping for these guys, and I'm expecting that they'll get maybe top eight. Uh, they'll win against Virtus Pro and then take down their next opponent. That's kind of where I think they're at. But if they end up falling out in the bottom eight, uh, I'm thoroughly going to be disappointed with them for their for their result in this major. So we'll just have to see how they take it going into the
2: playoffs yeah again starts tomorrow those best of ones are going to be happening tomorrow so we'll know very quickly here again even looking at eg though like like i was saying I mean, eg was a throw away of a fight from team liquid to them being in the lower bracket themselves It could very easily be eg versus vp in the best of one lower bracket so i guess that's something else to think about here is like Whoa, we, we almost had EG go into the lower bracket best-of-one series, and this is a team that we have high expectations for every single event. We've been stressing to throw out the season already, another continuation of when are they finally going to win a major event, especially. Uh, they're still in it, and obviously they're even on the winner's side now. They get matched up against Nigma, who's coming out first from Group A, but uh, concerns are definitely still there <laughs> for EG Yes, there's still a run to come, but I, I don't know. Something about this team—it really just doesn't seem to be connecting right now.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. EG is always so weird. How can you have these players that are so fucking good and yet just aren't the best? You know, I like in terms of just individual talent. Like the best mid, one of the best, if not the best, mid laners from the SEA region. You have Artesi, who's the best carry from the NA region. You know, debatably, I guess now that Sumail's moved to carry, and then you have. You know, Fly, who's won majors, one of the best captains in the world, Crit, who's insanely strong at the four. Obviously, Ramsey's a bit new at the three, man, but I, I don't get it how this team can't just be clean clean sweeping people, and I think it really does show the lack or the importance of team cohesion as well as teamwork in Dota, just because individual skills are just not good enough, and... I mean, this looks like a scary matchup for them. I mean, Team Nigma is kind of riding the wave that IG rode in the first uh, minor-major cycle where they win the minor and then come out of the group stage in the winner bracket. And even though I think Team Nigma's group was overall weaker, uh, only having to beat TNC and then Fnatic, um, I think Fnatic's kind of proven that they're not as good as people thought they were originally, even though they are still a group of good players. And then TNC obviously like was seated number one in the tournament just because of uh, DPC points this yeah. uh, this season's thus far. And as you've mentioned, you you were kind of expecting them to not perform all that well, and we're kind of seeing that already. Their drop, but they they got last in their group, so that's looking rough for them. Only taking one game the entire group stage, going one two against Nigma, taking the first game, and then losing two games more, and then losing two games to Aster. Uh, you know, I think when it comes to disappointments, you know, it's the teams that just look like they had no glimmer glimpse of hope, no glimpse of hope for these teams. And, uh, TNC looked real rough in the in the group stage. And, and if, if I need to segue to my boys, my dark horse that I had (laughs) as a potential team that I define as like being insanely good potentially, and that's (laughs) chaos. Um, and I said they're a dark horse for a reason, but they just drop O2 to Beast Coast and O2 to Vici. Obviously, Vici is quite a good opponent. Uh, I would say Beast or Chaos's group was a pretty tough one, all things considered. But uh going or for O4 like that is uh, is a rough one. And in terms of their first opponent in the lower stage in the group stage, uh, sorry, the best of ones, they have Team Aster, who had Pretty much a terrible performance against Fnatic. They went 0-4, but then they 2-0 TNC. So don't really know what to think about who I like for that series because TNC clearly is not looking good. So uh, does 2-0-ing them really mean that much? Kind of all over the place with what I'm talking about. But these are all kind of falling into place with the the people that have something to prove this tournament are all stuck in these best-of-ones. So,
2: it feels like uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. It really Basically. does. Yeah, going back to yeah, your, your TNC play, I was going to bring that up as well. It's just this is a team that they're they're going to have to play against their 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 brethrens in Reality Rift and best of the ones again. We we know anything can obviously happen. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but it, it, it stands, especially with how chaotic the patch to an extent is right now, and people still seem to be really figuring out. And there is that their randomness side of it as well with the neutral items and everything too. So. Uh, certainly, keeping that in mind, but uh, yeah, it, it is possible that you know teams like Chaos, TNC, Liquid could all be out in 13th through 16th place. I mean, that is a realistic possibility with how things have shaped up right now. So certainly, disappointment is afoot uh, for at least a couple of these teams. Uh, maybe 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 one, but we'll see uh, who that ends up being. But. Back to positive, I mean, you do have the expected, of course. You got Secret, you got VG Gaming, you mentioned Nigma. you mentioned IG. All looking pretty strong here in this event and uh, as as we did expect in the winter side of things uh, when it comes down to how the brackets have been made. So speaking on that topic, actually, the first round, uh, I've already hinted at a couple of the matchups. Uh, is there is there any that really stand out to you that 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 you're super excited to see more so on the winter side? I mean, lower side, sure, I guess too. But winter side, I mean, we got some great matches just to go over them. You got Enigma versus EG, IG versus VG Gaming, Secret versus Fnatic, and then Navi versus Alliance, the Navi Alliance series. We get to see once again. It really is, man. It's it's kind of so
1: funny how that's like the you know that's the series that everyone always talks about, Navi Alliance. Even though those teams are literally all different players, (laughs) they (laughs) change so much. I mean, the two I'm most looking for. I mean, uh, I hate to say it, I think the lamest one is the Team Secret versus fanatic series. I kind of expect that to be pretty one sided. Uh, But the other three, I'm I'm very excited about. Uh, I think the EG Enigma series will be hype. I think the Chinese series will be like really hype as well. Like, I think those are two of the best teams in the world, IG VG, And then obviously the Navi Alliance, like that's just a storyline in and of itself. So it's kind of funny. You you never, never know how the tournament organizers do it in terms of how the groups go ABCD, meaning like, do they make it so it's possible for Navi to play Alliance? Like, was that intentional in terms of who's in a, (laughs) like they do seed the groups, right? But who's like, what group is specifically ABC and D is, is what I'm referring to uh it's kind of funny to me how how it works out but uh no man. i I, I, if i had to choose one though it would probably be the nigma eg series i think like it's either the ig vici is like an exciting series and all but i know both those teams are really good so with nigma eg i think both of these teams have insanely high potential but haven't proven it yet so like haven't met what I think even they expect of themselves in terms of potential. Yes. They look really good. Yes. Their rosters are insanely strong. They both place very highly at TI, but uh, you know, what do you have to show me this season? And I think this bracket, this, this like the winner of that series could potentially, you know, take the, take the series off of IGV, which puts them in top three. Yeah. Uh, And, but the loser I think is quite capable of also facing a pretty difficult opponent in the lower bracket. So.
2: Yeah. Kind of, kind of building off what you said there. E. G. Is I go back to, they were very close to even being in the lower bracket, and it was very possible. So they're in the winner's side. They, they still, we knew that going into this event, and especially more so now how their group stages went. They, they have so much to continue to prove, um, and it is not against an easy opponent as it never tends to be in these majors, of course. So uh, that, that, that to me easily is the most intriguing one uh, to not, not to, not to agree, but it just is uh frankly i am noticing though it, it's interesting how he has these you talk about how they maybe set it up potentially to have some of these matchups here uh, there's several that are actually in region matchups you got invictus yeah. gaming versus vici of course from china beast coast versus pain going at it there in the lower bracket and then we mentioned reality rip versus tnc as well uh down there southeast asian teams going at it so it's it's funny how that uh Worked out that way, I guess, uh, in in the end. And I, the one that really sounded Liquid versus Virtus. Pro, man. If this was one year ago, down in the lower bracket, it's like, wait, what is happening? A little more understandable now, of course, uh, as things have definitely changed. But the ever-evolving scene that is Dota 2 in the rosters, of course, so. All 16 teams are still in it, though. Anything can definitely still happen. Uh, And before we we give our predictions, ultimately, I did want to take a look at the the meta as far as the strategies and the heroes that we did get to see throughout. Uh, Always intriguing, especially after a bigger patch. And right off the bat, man lich lich was the most picked hero and exactly a 50 percent win percentage really interesting how that worked out but 24 matches played a 12 and 12 record uh next in line was Rubick at 20 and then disruptor at 17 and it goes down from there but that helps give you an idea lich was by far the most picked hero at this event Uh, of course in that support role um and it follows with the support and then slark being the first of the cores really that pops up there as far as the uh more picked, but uh, yeah, your thoughts on the uh, more picked heroes at least.
1: Uh, not too surprising. I think Glitch has proven to be just a really strong laning support, and it's really hard to argue banning the hero. I think, uh, he doesn't do one thing in particularly amazing. You know, he does a little bit of everything a little bit defensive, a little bit aggressive, has a decent stun in terms of the channel. Um, you know, he's just an all-around decent hero. What I mean by decent is he doesn't have any major weaknesses and he doesn't have amazing strengths by any means. And so it's like very reliable laner, but do you really ban it? Like, because the other team might pick it first round? Not really. Um, I think Ershager kind of surprises me, the fact that he's that high up in terms of picks. But aside from him, this is pretty much everything I'm expecting. Uh, there's really no other hero, to be honest with you, that surprises me in the amount of picks maybe gyro like seven times might be more than more than i expected wouldn't be too surprised of to a lot of those with io um yeah. i almost oh, oh i just realized shadow fiend is oh and set i was gonna bring that up if you did not that's yeah. that is yes. fascinating i feel like that hero is really powerful every time i play with or against it in pubs so Maybe it's been figured out. Maybe it's been picked by a lot of the weaker teams, just so the, the stats are a bit skewed. But 0-7 is pretty alarming. Arc Warden's 4-0. That's also a very uh, surprising statistic. Nightstalker's 3-0. Like, uh, there's some of these heroes that, uh, yeah, that's not a large sample size, but um, clearly they have a niche in the meta. I think Nightstalker is specifically good against like the Abaddons and Omnis because you can't dispel his silence. And then uh, Arc Warden, I think, has been picked mainly against, like, draw lineups and stuff. So uh, it's nice to see that people are beginning to pick out of meta heroes because they deal well with uh, certain strategies in the meta. So yeah. I, I do like, I feel like that part of the meta is finally developing. And if people start to have strategies be countered by heroes like night stalker and arc Gordon who are kind of niche but uh, very powerful in that situation you might have to con- reconsider the powerful heroes you know whether or not they're still worth first rounding or you know building an entire strategy around so that, that I look forward to seeing the meta develop even more so in the in the playoffs i'm only sad because i haven't been able to watch more than a third of the games just because they're all at <laughs> freaking 4 a.m 5 a.m but every time i wake up in the morning i, I have turned on the stream and uh the, the the games have been pretty entertaining so yeah. i'm glad to see the quality of dota for this major is to say the least just exciting to watch i like to watch it so uh, dota can sometimes be like i think the last major everyone was kind of bored uh with the meta and sure kind of just had lost a lot of momentum in terms of a spectator sport but I think it's kind of back with with this major so it's nice to see.
2: Yeah, new patch helps with that. But hey, going back to that point too, it's I remember seeing a thing about it and looking back here too, the four opening matches all were 2 to 1 series. Uh, all going the distance as far as a series win. Obviously, yeah, some great ones are E.G. versus Navi. We know what happened there. Secret versus Vici. Yeah, it started off with a bang, certainly. And uh, as we've talked about, it, it it's had some great results throughout. And now some awesome matchups uh, in terms of the teams that are going out of here into the playoffs that start Tuesday. So yeah, it r- really is proving to be a great event. Uh, Dreamly definitely bringing their uh, their production as well, and excited to see that continue to advance as the event uh, takes off here. So. Um, Yeah, meta stuff, uh, again, uh, that was really intriguing to me, Lich, seeing that him at the top there. But the one other point or the one other thing I wanted to bring up before moving on from it is uh, Ursa. Ursa was actually not seen at all. It was only banned once even and just not picked at all. I feel like this is a hero. Maybe this is more (laughs) pub-based analysis, but we see this hero a lot. uh, And I think we did see it a fair amount at the minor, I even want to say. But uh, not being picked up here at the major at all.
1: Uh, it was picked some. I, I to be honest, I think they just gave him the nerf bat a little too hard. He's been his base movement speed, base armor, base or mana cost on his Q, cooldown on his Q, cooldown on his ultimate. Uh, all of it just kind of adds up eventually. And I think uh right now his landing stage is just too weak to validate. Like he's just a snowballing hero if he has a good lane uh he takes over the game if he doesn't have a good lane he kind of just feels underwhelming and i think right now even against like timber saws and stuff he doesn't really win uh here like matchups and like hero counters that he's supposed to be picked into uh he, he just doesn't cut it anymore i think is what's happening so um not too surprising to me personally every time i see it in pubs it just looks rough uh at least in the higher tiers So, I think right now there's just better heroes, and I also think you have to strongly consider heroes like PL causing a lot of issues uh, for Ursa, and also OD being popular, Slark being popular, Um, even like Dooms being popular, Puck, like all these heroes are very annoying for Ursa to deal with, the ones that either have continuous disables, uh, burst damage with silences, or the ability to like kite him around is just really annoying for us to deal with. I even, even Naga Siren in the meta, who's been picked more than PL, surprisingly. Um, but uh, very similar heroes in regards to what they offer to the laning stage. And then, um, obviously, the item builds. In terms of playstyle, a bit different, but item builds are very similar. So. um That doesn't surprise me too much, the Ursa, but uh, I have been getting a lot of questions about that in my stream. So it's definitely I think it's just the nerfs are too much to make his momentum ever really come to fruition, I think, is how I would describe Ursa right now.
2: All right. Fair enough. So, again, the playoffs kicking off tomorrow. Perhaps uh, room to see more of these heroes that we're not seeing. But overall, a fair amount were definitely picked up. Looks like around 80 to 90 or so. Um, okay, now now the, the ultimate questions here as far as uh, our predictions as, uh, of course, this podcast and, and the event resumes tomorrow, goes into the weekend, and we'll see who uh, the eventual winner is. But uh, it's prediction time. Rather than just say, you know, flat out who's going to win, we're, we're top three at least if we want to really break it down, feel free, but top three teams. Uh, now that we've seen them all in the group stages going, we know the playoff matchup so far. Uh, who who do we like for the top three teams that we're going to be seeing? Right. uh,
1: I think my bracket placing kind of has to affect things. So initially, I would I think I put IG Vici potentially both in top three, but the fact that they're playing each other first round, I th- I think really does dictate whether or not like that does affect that pretty drastically. Um, I'm gonna go with Nigma, Secret, and Vici, and I think IG will get either sixth or fourth because I think VG will take the upper bracket and then IG is going to drop to somebody.
2: So okay. that's who I'll go with. Uh, I'm sick with VG. Absolutely. As well. Um, in terms of going all the way. And I to predict them at a last week's show, as far as who would team to win at all. So I have no reason to believe differently here necessarily. Uh, despite coming to second on the group. Again, it was against team secret, but yeah, with that in mind, I think VG secret, are the uh, are the obvious two off the bat. And I'm sitting here, like, I'm looking at the lower side. Do I see a team maybe
1: making a run to the lower side? No, I don't. <laughs> well, my question I was going to be, right. like, to go off of what you just said, because you kind of spoiled my surprise question for you, is okay. between the two of us, who do you think is going to go the farthest out of the lower bracket? Because I agree with you that none of them really have the, yeah. you know, Team Liquid TI9, you know, run to the finals potential. So at this point, you know, who who do we think is going to get the farthest? What do you think?
2: Uh, it's, man, I mean, I look at this, and despite what I've said about them and not necessarily expecting them to do very well again, looking at these matchups and the potential, I, I almost want to say TNC, <laughs> I do – as far as I, I have higher expectations than them finishing, you know, dead last, let alone in the, even the 12th place spot or so. So getting a potentially top A for TNC is certainly a realistic option. So I'm going to go with TNC if I had to choose a team, funny enough.
1: Well, I'm going to double or nothing. My, my debt here uh, that I've already lost here. I'm going to go with chaos. You know, I, I gotta, cause they're, they're going to make the comeback they need to do. And I'm going to ride or die on my NA boys because <laughs> Most likely die, apparently, according to their group stage. But um, I don't think Team is all that great. And I think uh, Chaos is way better than they looked in the group stage. So I hope that they can make the recovery that they need. But I I genuinely believe this might be one of the weakest lower brackets I've seen in a while in regards to I just think not a single team here has a chance to actually take it all. And uh, usually there's like one or two teams where you like – you know, like, say EG got bumped down to the to the loser's yeah, bracket because of would. what happened. There's usually one or two teams like that where you're like, okay, they could make a seriously deep run in this tournament. Sure. And I, I don't think any – I think it's quite possible that the four teams that win the best of ones then all lose the best of three next. Like, I think that that um, – it could just be the eight teams from the upper bracket remaining. But uh, that it almost seems that drastic to me. I, I just think, like – I don't think iG Vichy is going to lose. I don't think Nigma or EG is going to lose like when, meaning like once they drop to the lower bracket whatever team does. Maybe Fnatic is vulnerable of that happening and maybe NAVI if they like you know looked better in the group stages than they actually are. Um, but all these teams in the upper bracket looked very solid and there seems to be a lot missing with most of the teams in the lower bracket so it it might be one of the most polarized like separations between the upper and lower bracket caliber that i've seen in a while so uh i'm gonna be looking out for any major upsets but as of right now i don't really believe in any of them kind of on the same page with you there
2: yeah and i don't think that's a bad thing necessarily it just means especially when we start getting down to a top eight etc It's going to be that much better potentially as far as the the play goes. But, yeah, not likely to have a Cinderella story here in this event. But, hey, hey, we've seen crazy things before, right? So who knows what can happen in the end here at this major. But, yeah, again, the best of ones tomorrow. Looking forward to it and seeing how things uh, play out here for the Dream League major, our second major of the season, of course. Okay. I think that uh, previews uh, slash recaps uh, the major quite a bit right there. So for those that maybe didn't get to check out everything or – uh, looking to get some insights. Hopefully, enjoying that. Uh, not not much else to, to to go over outside of that. Of course, going on as typical, but at the same time, there was a couple of bits of information that came out today. In fact, as we were preparing for the Great. show, uh, yeah, that's uh, I think that's necessary here. As uh, boy Gunner no longer a part of NIP. There was a tweet out today, uh, article, post, whatever, from uh, Ninjas in Pajamas suggesting that uh, Gunner removed from the team. Uh, wasn't working out. Well, you know the, the usual, right there as far as uh what is said. But uh, in the end, uh, they're parted ways. So Gunner no longer a part of NIP. It feels like we both definitely saw at least. Again, I I, I knew I had a feel, a good feeling that something was going to happen. I I can't sit here and say I expected this 100. percent But um, NIP, this is, seems like the beginning of definitely some changes happening with this team.
1: Yeah, I hate to say it, but. Um, I, I I had a little bit of change of heart when I talked to Gunner on the way back on the flight, but, uh, like the the day, the day they got knocked out and I watched their games, like the day they lost their second series of the minor, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Gunner's getting kicked. Like, I hate to say it, but, um, you know, if you ask anybody about their experience with underwhelming carry performances, (laughs) um, I, I can definitely identify them and, uh, his was, definitely just not up to snuff and when you get last place in a minor uh with a team like pbd and, and universe they're just not gonna be okay with that like i i could not fathom them being complacent and content with the lineup that they currently have that's just like last year yeah nip and the year before optic was never like the best team mm-hmm. but they never once got last in a minor right like that just that didn't happen so uh, definitely not surprised in the slightest that NIP made a change. And I, if you had asked me, maybe I mentioned it on this podcast specifically, I thought it was gutter. So, okay. um, that I was hoping for his sake that it wasn't going to happen. Cause you know, it's rough that he just switched roles and give him some time to right. to settle, but uh, the season's already, you know, two fifths over. So uh, <laughs> you, you can't take too long. You know, you only got so much time before TI and settling your roster and, and pulling it all together, sadly. Yeah,
2: I, that to me, again, I I don't know 100%, but even just going off some information that we have heard, it's, you know, how much were they really preparing for this event? And so, you know, and as you pointed out too, with him specifically having to go from position two to one before the event, not that, you know, that was a surprise. It's not like he found that out at the event itself. He knew going in, sure. But it's still it's just – it's one of these cases of there's a lot of pressure, especially on a player like Gunnar, who is he's newer to the competitive scene, that top tier in general. He's playing with these big doc TI winners. Universe BPD has mentioned. Uh, no doubt it's not easy. Not to make excuses here, but you do got to wonder, is is BPD specifically – Is because he's a captain after all – is he going to be searching for somebody more – proven more experience that could just come in and not have to worry about you know he did it last season with ccnc and that kind of worked out obviously he's doing fairly well for himself but now he's doing it this year with Gunnar. it seems like maybe especially with already halfway through the season to an extent are they just going to look for that uh for that experience over uh trying to find uh Something, uh, a diamond in the rough, I guess you could say. Um, and there's a couple of names that do come to mind, right? You know, we always go back to Samael. we don't know 100% what always. that situation is, but you got to think he's at least a candidate. And dare I say, uh,
1: dare I say, Mason is Mason coming back to competitive Dota? I mean, that I have it, a hard time possibly. believing PPD would play with Mason. I, I don't think they That's like fair. hate each other or anything. I just don't, I've never seen them be like friends, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe. I had a hard time believing that, but uh, yeah, I, I, am curious. Like they say, they're holding tryouts. Uh, I can't imagine they would say that unless they if, if they actually had uh ideal candidate, like if they actually had somebody they thought was going to be for sure who it is. So um, I, I have no idea what they're going to do. Uh, I, I think Sumail, if he's not on a team now, like after this cycle, then clearly there's, contract issues and more so to that with his previous engagement with eg Hmm. um but i would love to see him on this team you know obviously throw back to ti5 uh will that actually happen i seems a bit skeptical to me i'm under the impression that him and PPD weren't on the the best of terms but uh at the end of the day it is professional dota and you're much more matters to win than it does to to be best friends with your teammates unless you're uh unless you're OG where they're all just happy and friends and such
2: and they still win. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's,
2: it, again, it's going to continue to be pretty interesting there to see how that develops. And, uh, dare I, dare I say, and I to not to put the rumor mill out there, but you also have to think about the possibility of poaching, right. And poaching from other teams and, you know, a team like J storm, who just had a very, uh, poor performance going into this cycle. Yeah, Moo and Nine, both of those candidates potentially, Chris, being that position one for that team. So d- definitely some names to think about. But like you said, holding tryouts. So maybe they will be able to find somebody uh, that we aren't as familiar with. I mean, they kind of already have that in Tanner <laughs> as their mid player currently. That uh, We're still trying to figure out what uh, what he can bring to the table. So. Who knows there, but NIP, that'll be one of the fun storylines to follow going into the next cycle, of course, after the major wraps up, and uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I assume the qualifiers for the next cycle is going to start pretty quickly. Yes, as it usually does. Maybe a week or so yeah. break, but
1: we'll out Probably don't have well. too long. <laughs> like you said, it is probably going to be in the next two weeks or so, so yeah. got to make it happen. That's the grind of the Dota region, or of the Dota season, and yeah. Uh, the fact that they're back in EU seems a little bit scary for qualifications, but you know their argument for that was that we clearly haven't been giving the performance we need, and we don't care nearly as much about going to the events as we do getting better. So they're clearly invested towards hitting like the fourth, fifth cycle, and potentially TI, uh, by moving back to EU, just because, yeah, it's harder to... It's harder to qualify, but, man, the competition there is just so much better. So yeah. if you want to push yourself to be better, you gotta, you got to play against the best. Absolutely.
2: All right. Well, uh, the one other thing to bring up was uh, it was announced today. ESL 1 Birmingham was announced uh, once again. It's is, I want to say, the third time they've been doing it here. Uh, of course, ESL 1 always top-tier production, so with their events. And it's not a DPC event, but it is going to be uh, happening in May time frame. And certainly, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing some uh, some top tier teams there, as it usually tends to be. And like I said, some some quality production as well. And you know, a region, uh, specifically that country, the U.K. It's not really a country known for producing a lot of Dota 2 players necessarily, to be frank. But um, it seems like they 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 get a crowd though, to say the least. And there are certainly fans there that uh, that do exist. So, a uh, fun announcement there to be had. But uh, figured why not uh, mention
1: that before we look to wrap things up uh, here on the show. So any further yeah. on that? I just think it's important that tournaments like this keep happening for the Dota scene. I think big tournaments and exciting ones for the fans and like a specific region that doesn't otherwise have Dota. I think it's really important to, uh, to keep these things going. So it's good to see that another ESL one Birmingham is coming out and, uh, I think it also allows teams to show or like to try a bit of other stuff other than like what they are completely confident in. So I look forward to to seeing that All right. when it comes out, obviously. A little,
2: little bit here, but we got the major continues tomorrow. Depending on when you listen to this show, point is, is throughout this week into the weekend, of course, we'll find out who the cycle two major champion is here for dream league. But I think that uh, pretty much does it though. For the show, for our next, uh, for our episode here, the Wombo Combo. So once again, I asked BSJ anything else in general before we go.
1: Nah, man, I, I'm just going to go back to losing some pub. I mean, winning some pubs. Of course. So, that's, uh, that's the grind that I'm on. And, uh, I, I, the one thing is I've been queuing EU and it's been super fun to play because all the players are at dream league right now. Yeah. So I, the one thing that I love about big lands, if they're ever within reach of me is that, uh, You get to play against all the people at once. I think that's the one thing I really missed about TI last year was it being in China was all the other years. I just played against all the best players coming to NA literally in one region. So uh, I'm going to be enjoying that. And uh, uh, that's that's a part of the major for me. That's actually super fun and uh, something most people don't think about.
2: Well, next major is going to be ESL, right? And that's uh, Los Angeles. So. Exactly. NA, I've got I'm double dipping, baby. Two in a row. <laughs> That's going to be a good time. U.S. West server's back. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Have fun in your N.A. pubs uh, as, as the night goes on here in the tiny airlines to come. Uh, Thank you. But uh, shout out to you guys for tuning in, as always. Another episode of the Womba Couple podcast coming to a conclusion. Enjoy the major, guys. It's going to be fun, I'm sure. A great finish. We'll see who the champion is and discuss that champion. Uh, come next week. Until then, have a good night, guys. We'll see you next time.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy and vitality.